Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Taiwana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory scientist by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership coach at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell is certified consultant, Sundown Cards referral partner, and co-owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Radio Network. Before we bring on my special guest, I want to share a few announcements. I am booking guests for this podcast throughout the remainder of 2019. You can go to www.podcast.coachtwilson.com to submit your interest. All of my leadership and strength assessments are now on sale at www.trendyelitellc.com. And to get ongoing leadership tips and personal development support, I encourage you to join my leadership tribe at bit.ly forward slash TE Leadership Tribe or find us on Facebook under Trendy Elite Leadership Tribe. Special thanks to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Little and Ms. Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio and TV Network, LLP. Today's special guest, Tiwana Everhart. Tiwana T.J. Everhart is the owner and CEO of Everhart & Associates, LLC consulting firm. They offer a focus on identifying and facilitating the change needed to move a business forward to meet its operational goals. As a certified business consultant, she has over 20 years of operations management along with education to help businesses, departments, and divisions exceed their goals. TJ utilized that same focus on provoking individuals to change and transform their lives to be all that God has called them to be. She is a sought-out speaker who has done leadership trainings for several nonprofit and for-profit organizations, along with being a transformational speaker for personal growth and development. She has been featured in magazine articles and is a recurring guest on the Sly King Unleashed podcast. TJ has overcome great obstacles and is here to let people know that if God can take a little girl from the hood and allow her to gain experience managing teams in Fortune 500 companies and give her the courage to follow her dreams of being an entrepreneur, you can too. Good evening, good evening, TJ. How are you doing? I am wonderful. I was almost about to ask who you reading about. <laughs> great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to have you on this evening and ready to hear all that you have to share with the listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to be here. So let's jump right in. Can you share with the listeners about your leadership journey and how did you get to where you are today? 
Yeah, I, so I can remember my journey starting as a customer service representative. Um, I was a representative in a call center, and I had been on the phones maybe about a year. When I realized that this was not it for me, I didn't, you know, when you're in a call center, you're on the phones, you're so confined, and I'm a person that likes to get up and move around and, and talk to people, but you're so confined. And so I recognized that there was more in me than just being the representative on the phones. So what I did was I started just, I mean, knocking the, the goals out of the park. And when I say that, I mean I exceeded everything that was expected of me. And because of that, uh, my supervisors would put people beside me so that I could train them. And so then I became, I got a love for training people. So I went from training and then I left that company and I, I got a job as a training manager. And that was the first time I was put over individuals and so I, I did the training man, manager role, and that really started me on my role to leadership. I often use the story to people that are in the seats, and I tell them, I started in the seats just like you, and now look at what I've been able to accomplish in my last role. I had over 250 people under me in two, two different states. Um, I ended up being an operations manager over a division for a Fortune 500 company, and now I am my own entrepreneur. So it can start with the person that's sitting on the, in the seat, and if you know that there's a leader inside of you, all you need to do is just find the right people to pull it out of you, and that's how I got to where I am right now, starting from the seat. Awesome, awesome. That's that's an awesome journey that you have went through so far and been able to work for those large corporations to be able to uh, advance your leadership journey. What yeah. strengths yeah. What strengths and experience do you feel are important to thrive as an entrepreneur as we know a little bit different than being in the corporate environment, uh, less structure, uh, you know, and, and not a guaranteed uh, paycheck. What do you feel like has been the, the skills that have really helped you succeed in, in the entrepreneur space? Well, one of the things that you have to do is very similar to what you have to do when you're in the corporate wor world. You have to be unstoppable, resilient, because there are times when you, even when you have a job, there are, there are going to be times that you, are, that you may apply for a position that you know that you're qualified for, but you don't get the job. So how do you handle that when you know that I'm qualified but someone else got the job that I'm qualified for? So something inside of you said that it has to you that just because I got a no right now doesn't mean that it's no forever, and you most certainly have to have that type of mindset when you are an entrepreneur because it is very comfortable to know that you're getting a check every two weeks. <laughs> it's coming whether you do the job or not, right? You, you're getting a check every two weeks. But right. when, you are, when you are an entrepreneur, you have to go out and hunt to eat, and you still have to be unstoppable. You have to know that whatever is inside of you that made you a great employee is going to be the same thing that makes you a great entrepreneur if entrepreneurship is for you. It is not for everybody, though. So 
if you know that it's in you, then the very first thing you have to do is just be unstoppable, be relentless, hone um, your craft, which is the very same thing you need to do even when you are an employee for someone else. You should always be learning and uh, bettering yourself, developing yourself. So you have to do that. You have to be a risk taker. You can't live in the area of being comfortable. That's still the same thing if you work for someone else. If you are an employee and if you go to work every day and, and you're only, you only have the mindset of mediocrity or I'm just good with being average, then you're going to stay where you are. So you have to take the mindset that I'm going to always evolve and get better, and that same mindset must go with you as an entrepreneur. The, the, the one thing I, I will really say is you have to be relentless and you have to be unstoppable. You have to be able to have tough skin to have people say no to you and you not fold. Absolutely. Yeah, because you will hear a lot of no's uh, <laughs> in yeah. the space of entrepreneurship. So when you think about communication, that's a, a leadership uh, area of focus, what has been very helpful for you in regards to talking with clients, in regards to even getting contracts, uh, one of the things that usually comes up when people think about leadership skills and, and ways to improve personal development, communication is always an area that seems to pop up on surveys. So, you know, what yeah. tips could you give to the listeners in regards to communication and its importance really in corporate or in the entrepreneurial space? I, I think a lot of times, even as leaders in corporate, we think of communication as only being verbal communication, that we don't value listening <laughs> as much as we value talking. So as an entrepreneur and as a leader, you're going to have to have great listening skills, and people need to relate listening as, as a part of the communication skill set. Listening is just as important. And so I say that because if I am going after a client, I have to listen to what they need. I have to be able to meet and I have a value to whatever it is that they need. And so a, a lot of people may make the mistake of thinking, I have a great product, I have a great service, and everybody should want my service, right, because I'm just so great. The best thing for you to do is find the need that a person has and you meet that need. And you won't know that if you're not a great listener. You need to be able to listen well and then be able to articulate well how you meet that person's how you meet the need of the of the company, or even if you're in corporate, how do you meet the need of why should this person promote you to the next level? What are you doing? And you need to be able to articulate that well. And so that's definitely a skill that, you know, sometimes people, I, I tend to think, my friends would think otherwise. I kind of think that I'm an extroverted introvert. People don't think that I am because I'm always moving and shaking and talking. But if you ask me my preference, I would much rather be at home, being still. But I have the ability to talk to all different levels of people. So that's 
that's something that you you need to practice and hone. You need to be able to talk to the person in the seat and the CEO of the company and be well versed in the information that you're you know that you're bringing to them. And, and again, why should they hire you? What need are you uh, fulfilling for them? So that is definitely one of the skills. And I do think that that's one of the strengths that I've been able to grow upon and, and, and leverage, as, even in my career in corporate and now as an entrepreneur. Listening. Need to listen. Yes, that is one of the things that I say. Listen more. Talk less. If you talk just less. listen. <laughs> absolutely. You know, somebody said, Somebody said, you know, there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> you know, we don't think of it like we have two ears and, and one mouth, and, and sometimes we do need to be um, slow to speak and swift to hear. And as a leader, that, that takes practice because most of the time as leaders, we automatically on the stance of solving the problem, right? Somebody comes to you with the problem, you're listening to solve the problem. So you're probably not even really listening to what they're saying. You're already trying to formulate an answer. So that's a skill set that all leaders need to really, really get better with, and that's, that's listening. And if you become a good listener, then that will help you be a better entrepreneur. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners, listen more, talk less, Mm -hmm. and if you listen, people will tell you everything that you need to know if you just listen because people like to talk about themselves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes, you know, you may be talking so much that you become Charlie Brown's teacher. You guys remember when um, Charlie Brown's teacher used to talk and you heard wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah. You know, so <laughs> we've all run across those people who talk a lot. And mm-hmm. like, wah, 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 that's all I hear because you're not talking what I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's definitely <laughs> not what I need to hear at the moment. So, yeah, let, let's be better listeners. I do a listening exercise when I do um, leadership trainings and communication is the topic. I do a listening exercise where I will Part a statement at the beginning of at the front of the room, and have the statement trans. Someone transferred the statement to the next person, to the next person, and goes back around till it mm-hmm. comes back to me. And every single time, every single time, it's never what I said at the very beginning, because by the time the story gets told to the next person and five more people down, it's never. It's going to always be not what the original. So it's a great exercise, too, that being you, we as leaders just need to be a better listener and, um, and know that just because something is brought to us, not necessarily what was really said. Absolutely. You're, you're very right on that. Yeah. TJ, listen, can you share with the listener audience a little bit about your work at Everhart and Associates and how your organization work with uh, other organizations in regards to change management uh, and process improvement? Okay, so I have there are two arms. There's a there's a side for the smaller business owners, and when I say that, it's typically the business owners that may have one, you know, employee. 
uh, could be up to five maybe, and a smaller revenue um, stream. What I found with these individuals is that they are really, really good at their craft. They are, they're really, really they're gifted in whatever the craft or the service is, but they don't have a business mindset. When I say that, I mean they want to grow in business. They want to take their shoe-shining business to the next level, but they don't know how because they've not had a corporate background maybe, or they may have gone to school maybe, may have a business background, but we know a lot of times with education is not just enough. You need to put education and skills along with the education. So what I found was a lot of small business owners just don't know the basic parts of how to grow and sustain a business. You know, the the facts are that most business owners will fold between three and five years. And it's not because the product may not be any good. It's just because the operational practices are not strong and solid. So with those individuals, what I do is first do an analysis, of, an operational analysis of their business and let them know the things that I've identified that could cause their businesses to continue to grow or that could cause their businesses to, to fold. And for that, you know, if you keep operating in this manner, you won't be able to sustain. For instance, a lot of small business owners don't have an operational, some of them don't even have operational budgets. They don't have expenses and revenues. They don't have trending. They don't know about forecasting. They don't know about SWOT analysis. They don't know those basic things that corporate America does. And I know these things because I did it at a higher level. So I take that and transcend those things to smaller business owners so that they can grow their business. The other side is the performance management and change management efforts for bigger clients because all businesses, the only thing that's consistent in business is change. We're going to always be changing if you don't change, you won't grow. So with the change management and the performance management side, I'm looking at where is your operation, where are your operational misses? What are, you know, maybe you have a department that's not meeting operational goals, whatever those goals. It could be KPIs. It could be financial goals, whatever. But what are those things, those behaviors, the human behaviors that are affecting this, that's causing you not to meet those goals. So work with them to help them identify and then facilitate because obviously there needs to be some change, right? We're not going in the right direction. We've got to change, whether it's leadership change, whether it's policy and procedure change, whether it's cultural change. Those are the things that I will work with bigger corporations and bigger clients to help them to move forward in their operational practices. That is um, one of, absolutely one of my strengths when I worked in corporate America. Um, I was known as a person that could take an underperforming team and make them high-performing. I was known as a person that could motivate people to exceed goals and love coming to work and enjoy working with me and things like that. So I take those very same practices that I did 
and um, teach them to corporate America, other clients, bigger clients. Wow, you're absolutely right in regards to uh, change management, in regards to uh, change being common, uh, practice mm-hmm. in business, especially today. It seems like the more things change, the more things stay the same, but things are constantly changing. <laughs> they have to because, you know, let's think about, let's think about some companies who were late change. You know, I, I, I listen to several podcasts. I don't um, that's another thing that I do as for my personal development, but I listen to podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts is Business Wars. And Business Wars, you know, it just talks about like Netflix and Blockbuster. So any of us remember Blockbuster? Yeah. Do we have a Blockbuster anymore? No. But Blockbuster was slow to change and, you know, going from DV, you know, we can go into the store and get the videos, right? But then they Netflix came and Netflix said, hey, I'll mail you the videos. And Blockbuster started running behind Netflix to the point that now there's no longer a Blockbuster. So Every company, you you have to change. Technology changes all the time. Innovation changes all the time. And so innately as humans, though, we don't like change, right? We don't want change. We we all know those employees that say, what they changing this for? It's been working. Why are we doing that? (laughs) Why are we doing that? Why they say we got to start doing that? This was working fine since she came, you know. <laughs> and so, but innately, humanly, we don't like change. So my goal is to facilitate the change in a way that people understand that the change must occur. If we're not meeting operational goals, that's not an option whether we need to change the direction. We must meet the goals. How do we do it, though? Can we do it in a way that's less painful for people? Yeah. You know, can we do small changes and maybe not those big changes at once? Yeah. So those are the things that I look at when we go. We have to change. How do we change? It's a better way. And um, that's what I like to do. That's awesome. And when, that was a good example of the blockbuster to Netflix. And when we think about it as, as leaders, especially now that we have a multi-generational workforce, some of the, the leaders mm-hmm. and strategies and practices that we might have had five years ago, ten years ago, are not working with our right. employees of today. So it's important for leaders to, to be able to adjust evolve, as you mentioned, having that mindset of evolving, especially as you have all generations working side by side today, mm-hmm. which is unheard of and definitely uh, uncommon. But if, if we as leaders continue to operate how we were, we will be a blockbuster or toys or Yeah. Us. Oh, yeah, I know, right? I mean, we could think of – we just heard that Sears, is, Sears used to be – the leading store for appliances. Sears is going out, going out by droves now. So 
we have to sit back and say we can't stay the way we are. We have, you know, things will forever be changing. It has to. I, I, I even think about MySpace. Where's MySpace now? You, you know, where, right. where's MySpace? And we can think of others. Absolutely. You know, they may have been a little a little late with changing. And as leaders, here here is something that I will definitely um, that leaders have to be change agents. They have to be, and the leader has to be the rah rah, the pom pom, the cheerleader of change, even when you don't like the change. I know that as a leader, I've had to you know, make decisions and not necessarily agree with the decisions that those above me have made. I, I may not have necessarily agreed with the decision, but I still had to be the champion of the change. I couldn't go out to my team and say, they suck, but, hey, they said we have to do it this way. You know, the leader has to come back and say, this is, this is the change, and most of the time if you give the people the lies behind the change. I think that's where a lot of leaders fail. Sometimes they just come in and say things are changing. And, you you know, when you're dealing with adults, you just can't go in and tell adults, well, today your lunch, you, you know, to, today your lunch is an hour, tomorrow you're going 30 minutes and just walk off. You know, there, it's not going to be, it's not, not going to be good. It's not going to be received well. A lot of times if you give the the wise behind the change. And although they may not like the change, but they may better understand why the change is necessary. And so that's definitely a component I would recommend for every leader. As much as you can give the wise, give the wise as much as you can. Some things you just can't give everybody. But don't just go in and flipping the world upside down and then walk away. Then your environment, you've lost the morale of people. So I hope that didn't take me off course of what we were talking about. But, yeah, that's that's a tidbit for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, yes. When the environment is rapidly changing, people need to know why in order to get on board a lot faster. TJ, it's important for our next generation of leaders to not only hear about our successes, but, but to hear about some of our mistakes that we've had as we've went on our journeys, can you share with the listeners one of your biggest mistakes and a learning lesson that you gained from it? Ooh, who makes mistakes? <laughs> I am perfect. Sorry, you have the wrong person on the phone, ma'am, for that question. I've never made a mistake. Um, <laughs> And that's what our young people think. They they think successful people have not made any mistakes and everything. Oh. We're just perfect people. I know. Perfect Patty on the phone. I'm perfect Patty. Um, <laughs> yes, I have made several mistakes in the leadership journey. I can I probably would I think um, when I first became a manager. And a leader first, I was very, I can say that I probably was really, really more task-oriented than people-oriented. And um, if you know anything about Myers-Briggs, I was, I was a strong T 
Meaning that I was like, hey, you're going to get the job done at the end. You know, like I, I, I was so on them about getting the job done that I did not recognize that I was hurting the people, hurting them to get the job done. And when I say that, because you'll find that or you're managing out of fear or people are, people are reacting out of fear right, that if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my job. And that's definitely not the best way to manage or lead people. And so I had to reassess myself, especially after, you know how you have those employee surveys and you keep getting the survey, your manager keeps telling you that you are hard, you are tough, you you know, your team thinks that you're tough. So that was not that wasn't good because I was getting the job done right. They were doing what I needed for them to do, but they were doing it out of fear. And so I had to, to go back and reassess that within myself and say, okay, I don't want them to do anything out of fear because when you manage people out of fear, you'll get temporary results. You'll get the job done, right, but you haven't changed the behaviors affected what they were doing. So I started asking my team members to just hold me accountable for some things. You know, um, I still have an issue with my facial expressions. Sometimes my face may look a little different than what my head is saying. My <laughs> face looks like, don't bother me. What you want? Why are you coming over here? Why are you in my office? What my face looks like? My head is not saying that. So I I learned to be receptive to feedback, be open to the feedback of those that were under me, and um, I I did a complete 180. I recognized that the reason why I've been so successful in motivating people and changing teams' performance because my people are my greatest asset. And um, I learned how to put on the strengths of my team members and just let them do the job, not micromanage them. But, you know, that was definitely a, a lesson learned and something that I share a lot. Don't be so task-oriented. So task now, anybody that's ever sat under me as a team member, They'll tell you, I don't play about getting the job done. We don't get the job done, right? That's not an option. But I can have a softer side to it. And so I, I got I learned the softer side of TJ to get the job done. Then people just love coming to work, love working under me. But that took some some growing up <laughs> as a leader. It took some growing up. Yes, and, and that's and that's the thing. When we're challenged to do more with less, you're right. It's easy to get into the task. You know, we got to get this done. We got to meet this deadline. You know, it's easy to get into that mode and not be about the people. And you're right. Sometimes as leaders, you know, we are into the deadline, into the task, and get and we have gotten out of the people business, which is not uh, as effective. We have to be about the people. If you're about the people, the past will come. 
So I think that's a, a lesson a lot of leaders uh, learn yeah. on their journey. You know, when you, about focus on, when you focus on the people, um, when they know that you care about them, when they know that you are there in the game with them, I, I always put it as, you know, as a team and I'm the coach of the team. Meaning, you know, even if there's a, if you have a foot, you know, watch football, I'm not a real big football fan, so I know a couple of positions on the football team. I just want to tell you that. I know that there's a coach. I know that there's a quarterback. There are some people running the field doing some stuff. And then I think he has a offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Okay, so I know a few positions. But what I also know is that the coach is no good by himself. As great as he is, he's not running the plays on the field, right? So the coach can't win the game by himself. Those on the field, though, they have to have direction, so they can't win the game by themselves. But when you put it all together, you can make a champion team. So I always look at it that way. Invest in your people build them up in what they're good at, focus on their strengths and not their weaknesses, leverage their strengths. You know, if everybody is good at something, now, uh, well, let me go back, because some people are just not a good fit. They're just not a good fit. They, they need to find something that's a better fit for them. But on your team, there are people that are great at certain things. I learned to leverage those people. Leverage the person that you recognize is the next leader on the team. And that helped me also because I could put I could build them up to take my job. Because that's you know, that used to be my thing. Like I want you to take my job. So take my job, I can move further, you can come and get my role. So who is the person on my team that I can build up, right? And give them some of my responsibilities because they want the next thing to do. They, they want to grow. And I learned to leverage the people on my team, build their strengths, and find out what they're really good. And then once you get a, the team on board, you are unstoppable. Then the team will come back and say, when is our deadline? What is it that we have to do? And then they'll rally themselves and say, hey, you know, okay, we have to do this, not me having to do it. We have to do it. And we used to get the job done. One of my one of my managers used to say, I was he said he always knew in the fourth quarter my team was gonna come pull it. It didn't matter where we started. In the fourth quarter, we were gonna take it over and win. Every time. But I just learned how to build the team mindset as the coach. Absolutely, absolutely. What role has mentors played on the progression of your career, if any? Oh, gosh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. I am so thankful for the professional mentors that I have had. Um, Oh, goodness. I have been able to sit under some awesome uh, members of leadership that were able to correct me, 
give me feedback, build me up, you know, um, inspire me, push me. Hey, TJ, you know, you can, you can handle this. You can do this. And when I would think that I can't or this is too much or are you tripping, you know, and I've been able to really take a lot that I've learned from some of the great mentors that I had professionally and, and use those very same things to build up other people. So I, every leader must have a mentor. I know, um, I remember Oprah once said that she had five. So if Oprah has five. Good God, we probably need twenty-five. But um, I, I, I so value and so thankful for the great mentors that I have had professionally and the ones that I have personally too. I, I couldn't do it by myself. You know, your mentor can see what you can't see. Your mentor will pull out of you what you didn't know what was in you know that was in you. I I don't know how anybody can can do it without one. I certainly couldn't. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Awesome. That's important for for people to know and hear uh, about the importance of mentorship and about your mentor being honest with you and giving you feedback mm-hmm. and, and being able to pull out those things uh, that you may not see, those potential blind spots. Have you taken any risk or bold moves in your career based off of uh, expertise that you might have received mm-hmm. from one of your mentors? Oh. Yes. Um. <laughs> 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 Working on a book, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Speaking more about my life journey, my life mm-hmm. journey, um, you know, and that's that's been risky for me because it has a lot of pain that came along with it, but in the same time, me exposing myself and being transparent with myself has helped me to help others. But, again, like I told you, I'm I'm the extroverted introvert. So as much as I like to talk and as much as people see me, but if you, if you really just dig deep down into me, I'm this clammed up shell. And, you know, let me just be quiet and not really talk. People don't believe that. Everybody's listening is probably laughing like, you're right. <laughs> but deep, it's like mm-hmm, I can see all of them rolling their eyes. Like, yeah, right. Is this TJ on the phone? But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it's me. But uh, yeah, so I, I am. I'm in a risk-taking move right now, based on some mentoring. Well, I'm interested to hear more about that (laughs) journey, especially as you uh, prepare to get that documented in writing. I will hold tight uh, to to hear your story. I know it's an awesome one. DJ, praise God, I made it. I made it. Amen. Amen. TJ, growth is intentional. What are some of the things that you do for your own personal and professional growth to keep your cup full? Because as we know, if we're not learning, we're not growing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for your, for your growth? 
uh, one, sit up under people who are ahead of me, and um, they pour into me. Definitely read books. I listen to podcasts, business podcasts, probably all day long. I very rarely have the TV on. Um, I'm always listening. I'm reading books on personal development. I just finished a book called Why Not Win by Larry Thornton. And it's, and it's, you know, the premise is that the game has been set. Why not win? No matter what the challenges are in life. So I'm always, oh, I'm going to workshops, conferences, all of the time. Um, learning my craft, you know, I'm still even even as an operations manager, I'm, I'm still, you know, I I'm not in corporate doing it, but I'm still in that mode, right, with my own business. So I'm always listening to operational practices, how to be better, uh, tips and things like that. So I'm a person that's always reading, and I'm always listening to something related to business or personal development. Always, all day long. That's important uh, to invest uh, in in ourselves, especially as we go throughout our careers, whether you're working in corporate America or uh, in your own business. It's important to keep learning, keep growing, going to workshops, reading books, listening to podcasts uh, so that you can stay up to date with the information that's in your particular field. So that's great. You know what? and I say this that I don't, you know, for people who are not where you want to be in life, if you if you aren't at whatever that goal is in life, whether it's a financial goal, let's just say, you know, because I'm on a billionaire track, so I don't have the time to spend doing anything that's not, you know, propelling me in that area. I really don't know how people get a chance to watch TV all day. Um, And not that there's anything wrong with TV, but I'm saying, you know, show after show after show after show of things that are not helping them to grow in life, in their spiritual life, in their finances, all those things. You know, I just don't know how people have that time if they're not in the place where they really want to be. And I just know that I'm not. You know, I have a big vision. God has given me a big vision, and so it takes all of my efforts to develop to get there because the vision is so big, but I'm not the only one that he's given a big vision and a big dream to. So, we, you know, there's work to do, and we have to develop, in those, you know, to get there. It's not going to just happen by happenstance. It won't. You've got to put the work in, and so... Yeah, it's YouTube. There's so much information out here, online courses, everything to make you better and to grow because I'm on a mission. So, yeah. Well, I'm trying to be with you and on that billionaire track. Come on, let's go. Hey, you know, I really feel like if, you know, God has no respect of person. If he can do it for Oprah and all the other people, he can do it for me. You know, he can do it for you, but we have to be intentional in going after those things. And there are so many people sitting on giftings and callings that they have. They have so, you know, they have dreams, they have visions, they have talents, and they're just sitting on them uh, because they're, you know, some of it is fear 
And some of it is I don't know how to start. You know, I don't know where to go. And that's when you need to reach out to someone to help you to go. There are people out there. You you are here. You know, there are people that are out there that will help someone birth that dream and that vision that's in them. But, you know, I I say even as a leader, I can't pull you. I won't drag you, and I can't want it more than you want it for yourself. So they have to want it, have that hunger in them, but there are plenty of people out here that can help us get to where we're going. So you can come on with me, Coach T, because we're going to the big, and that's that. Yes, I got Billion my bag with the beat. packed and ready to roll. <laughs> Fill you with the beat, girl. Fill you with the beat. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. So as, as we go on our, our billionaire journey, uh, yes. you know, as we go on that journey, you know, we have to have a tough skin because in this yes. industry, you know, and especially being entrepreneurs, you will hear some yeses, but you'll hear a lot of no's. So yeah. what kind of mindset have you had to have since you've been a full-time entrepreneur? Um, the very thing I said at first, I'm un- I am unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I know that God didn't put just put this in me for me to, for me to just fold in life. He didn't. I, I was with I was with Oprah and Gail in January. I sat up on the magic, and I was with them for four days. I sat up on the Magic Johnson in February. I saw Michelle Obama twice this year, and I know that. God didn't just allow me to see them just to see them, to check it off on a bucket list, right? It wasn't for me to just put a check by it. Okay, saw them, check, check, check. It was for me to see them and to see that if they can do it, I can do it too. So I just, I, I, some, there's just something inside of me that just won't let me quit. I, I'm just not a quitter. I could have – my mother passed away. I was 20 years old when my mom died. So I've had to put myself through school, masters, you know, been married, husband. I've been a motherless person since the age of 20, and I could have folded. I could have quit. I could have been totally different than what I am, but I'm not. And there's something inside of me that won't let me quit. So it's the same thing in business. Like, okay, so you're not interested. It's okay. Somebody will be, <laughs> you know, okay. And and I won't say that I don't get discouraged. There are times where I have been discouraged, but I thank God for the friends and the people he placed in my life. My husband said, oh, baby, it's all right. It's, you know, it's all good. We we okay. We're good. You know, when I have my friends that say, you know, gosh, I'm struggling, and my friends may say, I got you. You know, it's all good. You're good. And those are the things that keep me going. I think we were all, you know, just we are all human. So it, it is trying at times. And, and, and as a human, you, get, you can get discouraged. But I'm a person that walks by faith and not by sight. So if I'm walking by faith, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I win. So I just keep pressing. Um, that is, you know, it's my faith that keeps me going. I walk by faith and not by sight. And so this this may be a no, but my yes is on the other side. I just have to keep going. 
But that's how my life has had to be. My life has had to be like that. So I think that's why it's easier for me to do it as an entrepreneur. My life has been, you cannot look at what you see and fold. It's either sink or swim, and I swim. That's it. All right. All right. (laughs) You're right. Go ahead, Miss TJ. I mean, you're right. (laughs) Mindset really is, I mean, that's the key of everything. If your mindset isn't isn't in a good place, whether you're in mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial space, whether you're in corporate America, in your professional life or personal life, if your mindset isn't set to be unstoppable, isn't set to win, isn't set to yeah. evolve, then you're limited in that, you know, and where you're going to go or what you're going to be. It all starts with you. Uh, and, yeah. and what you think. Yeah. Absolutely. Because do you know, even in corporate, do you know how many times you're going to apply for a job and not get it? And all the politics that may go along with corporate and you know you're eligible for the job, but what do you do? You know, you you can sit there and cry all you want to, but it, it doesn't change the outcome. So, it's, you know, I, I say that in life, um, just think about your GPS system. If you're heading somewhere but the road is closed, you don't just stop because the road is closed. You have to get to somewhere else, right? You go another way. And and that road may be closed, but you don't just sit there. You go the other way. You redirect yourself. It's, it's just a life of redirection. And that's not just as an entrepreneur, but that's just in life. We will always have obstacles, challenges. But what do you do? Do you fold? No, you redirect. And as an entrepreneur, we just will happen to have to do it way more <laughs> than the person that's just going to work every day. But they, they have to do it too. All of us have to. Absolutely. If you are in the corporate space and you're taking risks with your career and and trying to move uh, up the ladder, as they say, or even, Mm -hmm. you know, making moves outside of your career, trying to reinvent Mm -hmm. yourself, you're going to hear those yeses, you're going to hear those no's. Yeah. And you just have to say, okay. Um, You know, and, and I just, I thank God for my spiritual life, you know, I, I'm, I just stand on his word, and if that door is closed, there's another one that's open that nobody can close, and there's one that's closed that no one can open. So I just always say, God, where's my open door opportunity? Where where am I supposed to be? Who am I sent for? Where am I supposed to go? And that's another thing. I don't you know, know how people do it without having a quiet time and, and a prayer life and, and just seeking God on what you're supposed to be doing, where are you supposed to be, how are you supposed to get there, and who are the people he's placed in your life to help you along the way. So that's it for me, girl. I mean, that's that's my everyday. God, you know, where am I supposed to be? How do I get there? And then when a, when a no comes, I, I don't take it too bad. Sometimes it hurts. You know, it stings. But okay, God, let's do what it, let's let's make it do what it do. <laughs> yeah, I always absolutely, win. absolutely. Yeah. So, what's one leadership tidbit that you want to leave our listeners with that they could use in their personal and or professional life? Hmm. Just one, just one. On top of all the other things that I've said, 
Um, be be um, flexible and listen to the people. Listen to the people. Um, especially if you are the leader and you have several people under you and they are the people that sitting in the seats. They really know what's going on and you may not. Be open to the feedback of the people. There, you know, there are going to be times where things have, you know, the, the company is going in a direction and you have to follow that direction, but you can at least let the people know that you value what they say. You value them. Listen. Listen to, to the people that's on your team and be open to the feedback. If they tell you you mean and five of them tell you that, you probably are. As though you might think you're the sweetest thing ever in the world. No, you're probably a little mean. Listen. And when people know that you value them, they'll do whatever it is you need for them to do. Because great leaders build even greater leaders. Awesome. That is a great a great tidbit tidbit to leave the listeners with. So, TJ, how can our listeners stay connected with you and continue to follow you on your leadership journey? Well, for all of you that are listening, if you are on LinkedIn, you can follow me uh, or connect with me. I am Tawana Everhart, so that's T-I-J-U-A-N-A, Everhart, E, V as in Victor, E-R-H-A-R-T, that's on LinkedIn. Everything else, I am TJ Everhart. You can go to my website at TJ Everhart, and remember that's H-A-R-T dot com. If you're looking on the home page, just scroll all the way down to the bottom. You'll see all of my social media buttons. They can follow me on those buttons. And then on Twitter, I'm TRJ Everhart. But everything else is TJ Everhart, real easy. I would love for you guys to follow me. I do a redesigning your life or your business Facebook Live every Tuesday night, and I'm always putting videos out, YouTube, things like that. So find me on TJ Everhart on all social media. Awesome. So listeners, make sure you connect with TJ on all her social media channels. Make sure you listen to her live stream and her YouTube videos. Make sure you go and check those out. Uh, to get more information and hear more from Miss TJ. So thank you, TJ, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to give me the opportunity to interview you. We could go on and on uh, because you have <laughs> such a, a vast uh, array of information. It's, it's definitely been very insightful. So it was an honor and a pleasure to have you as my guest, and many blessings and continued success to you on your journey. Thank you so very much. I'm so glad that we connected. I look forward to you and I staying connected with each other and doing some great things. I wish wish you much success on your podcast and everything that you're doing, too. I speak nothing but blessings over your business. And I um, hope we'll get to meet each other face-to-face soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really you're appreciate welcome. that. And I receive it. I receive it, my billionaire sister, in the making. I receive it.
with a name very similar to mine. Yes, yes. Let's go ahead and let it do what it do. So thank you, listening audience, for tuning in to tonight's show with my special guest, T.J. Everhart, where she shared with us, don't manage out of fear. You have to make sure that you are in the people business. You have to be unstoppable. Have an unstoppable mindset. Be resilient. Make sure you hone your craft and always keep learning, whether that's going to workshops or reading books, listening to podcasts. Make sure you are constantly growing. If you don't have a mentor, make sure that you get a mentor in really all aspects of your life because they can share with you things that you may not see. They show you things that are in your blind spots. They help you take risks in your career. Also make sure that you stay flexible. Make sure you listen to people and be open to the feedback. Remember, feedback is a gift. Have that mindset of evolving. And so, uh, and make sure that you are listening to meet your clients' needs or your employer's needs. So listen more and talk less. If you would like, if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous shows, you can subscribe at www.podcast.coachtwilson.com. If you are thinking about starting your own podcast radio show, I would love to help you out. You can send me an email at di broadcasting, so that's d i b r o a d c a s t i n g at Trendy Elite LLC, all one word, T-R-E-N-D-Y-E-L-I-T-E-L-L-C.com. Please tune in next week to hear from another amazing leader. Until then, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.